And welcome along to uh, Lee Humphreys for our City Update. Hello, Lee. Hi, Graham. How are you doing? Doing very well. A little cooler in this uh, studio today. It is. It's cooler. It's cooler. We've had the rain today. Anyway, <laughs> I see inflation levels then are going to be hitting a 40-year high. Yeah, you saw that. that was a uh, yeah, I'm figure. old enough to remember when they were going to go to this level years ago. Absolutely. Well, you don't look uh, very old, Graham. Like, you know, maybe <laughs> oh, carry on. Mid-20s, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, uh, but no, a de- well, you, you, we saw those, but then uh, according to Citigroup, they are only going to go higher. They w- are now predicting uh, the UK will have um, interest, uh, sorry, a bit, uh, inflation around 18% uh, next year. That sort of contrasts with the Bank of England, who are still uh, rigidly saying it's only going to be 13% uh, uh, next uh, next year. Um, uh, but Citigroup is saying that interest rates will, and let's remember they're sort of below 2% right now, um, go to between 6 and 7% um, next year. Not good news for mortgage holders indeed no indeed but good news for savers well yeah <laughs> but it doesn't get you very it doesn't get you, yes it doesn't get you very far does no. it and it's because it's all wrapped up really in the cost of uh, energy but uh there we are. We've got a mini Vienman uh, now Republic situation, the, the, the Weimar Republic, indeed. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah, that, uh, that famous. Yeah, the. Uh, I mean, without the nightlife, probably. But uh, you know, <laughs> the, things are things are you know are getting bad in Germany. I mean, they're not obviously that sort of Weimar uh, Republic serious yet, but they are getting very serious. Yeah, I mean, I can remember years ago getting, you know, pay rises about over 20% and thinking with inflation the way it was, are we going to be wheelbarrows full of money before long? <laughs> it was in the 30s, but there you go. Anyway, we're really hit by the uh, energy crisis, I guess, aren't we? And uh, even harder than ourselves, the Germans are, I guess. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, it's, mind you, I'm still staggered that you were getting, um, uh, you were getting pay rises over 20%, Graham. I remember 25% one year. Yeah, I do. <laughs> my word. <laughs> mind you, my mortgage had shot off, I think, to about 18%, something like that. The, uh, the Brooklyn's... Uh... Yeah, it suddenly doubled within a year, you know. <laughs> well, it, you know, going back, to, going back to Germany, actually, we were basically uh, saw last Friday a, a measure of ho- wholesale or factory inflation in which producer prices rose over... 37 uh, percent on the year and that's the biggest figure seen in germany at least since records began back there in 1949 that's you know just after the second world war yeah indeed so what's ppi specifically then um well it's it's a measure of the change in prices paid to german producers for example factories and farms um, for goods and services as opposed to the inflation that you and i see graham in the shops Right, okay, yeah. Amazing figure, though, and presumably uh, driven by the high energy prices that we're all suffering from right now. Is that the core problem? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, everyone is suffering uh, from these uh, high prices, of course, driven by energy, as you rightly say. But the Germans, um, really, through um, their own gross governmental mismanagement of the situation, are being hit far harder um, than most others in Europe at the moment. Yeah, they're so heavily dependent on this Russian gas, aren't they? through the Nord Stream pipes, and uh, they're closing down their nuclear plants as well. They've decided, it all before this started, wasn't it? Though? That's right. I think the policy made, of that. They made the decision about 10 years ago. They've, they're, they're adamant that they're going to, they've got three lo- uh, remaining nuclear plants in Germany right now, and they are going to close those come the end of the year. Um, that's uh, um, that's the, uh, what their logic is behind that. Who knows? But, you know, it's, it's, it's exactly because of that, um, that reliance we're talking about, you mentioned about Russian gas, um, that is basically, you know, pushing up prices, particularly over mm-hmm. there. Uh, the traded price, actually, of electricity uh, for use next year in Germany jumped on Monday by just 25% uh, on one day to um, get this 700 euros per megawatt hour. Now, 
to you and I, that doesn't mean a massive amount, but under two years ago, it was 35 euros. Grand. Goodness me, so from 35 to 700 euros in two years. Yeah. That's just incredible, isn't it? So is it those sources of power no longer available to them? Well, look, you know, we just joked a moment ago about the, the Weimar Republic earlier, um, but with, with prices jumping, you know, 20%, 20%, 20 times in two years, you know, fuel really, in some respects, is going to become a luxury item for many people um, within Germany, to be honest, you know, it's actually here's the one of the incredible stats of this is that at these prices, electric vehicles will be more expensive to run per mile than diesel cars. Oh, my goodness. Yes, because, we, you know, though, though oil and petrol have gone up in price, nothing like this rate of electricity, isn't it? It's a gas driven shortage, I guess. So you're not only paying a significant premium then when you're buying an electric car, but when you run it, it could cost you more to yeah. run. Then on fossil fuels, funny enough, I just replaced my car. I'm pleased to say I did. I was hovering about, will I get an electric? But in the end, I went for a petrol. Well, it's there probably quite, well, quite wise. But anyway, we'll, 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 uh, excuse the pun, we'll park that for a moment, Grant. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, let me, let me give you sort of maybe some more illustrative um, um, uh, facts on, on this whole uh, situation that we're seeing in, in terms of the cost of, uh, of electricity. You know, if we were to put this in... Uh, in perspective that maybe you know our, our listeners um, could more relate to more if we looked at a let's say a cost of a pint of beer in germany two years ago it was probably around about four and a half euros something around that using that same rate of inflation that we've seen in the electricity market over the past two years that same uh, that same pint of beer next year will be costing 90 euros a pint see that would Goodness probably cut me. down on it would probably cut down on drinking a little bit I mean, <laughs> i'm sure it would do yeah that's absolutely incredible now that isn't exactly going to happen but of course the beer is going to suffer from all these cost increases yeah. like anything else yeah sure so are german companies going to have to shut down then well, i mean can they afford to keep running with this power the cost of power I mean, it's already happening over there. Half of Europe, Europe's <coughs> excuse me, um, zinc and aluminium smelting capacity has shut over the past year. Um, they just can't afford to operate at these kind of levels, Graham. Goodness me. And this kind of heavy industry then is obviously very heavily uh, energy intensive, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you, you, uh, that's exactly right. You're, you're applying heat to ore to extract the base metal. It takes apparently 14,000 kilowatt hours to produce just one tonne of aluminium now how much is that doesn't mean a great deal uh, on its own it's enough that uh, 14,000 kilowatt hours is enough to supply electricity to the average uk home for almost five years goodness me we can understand why everywhere in europe and they're uh, shutting down production well you know let's you know let's remind ourselves that one kilowatt hour of electricity in germany is now forecast to to, uh, to cost 700 euros next year now times that by that 14,000 uh, figure to produce that one ton of aluminium and you can see that german industry stops competing globally right okay so where are the manufacturers then like vw and bmw are going to get the delivery of metals from yeah if, if europe can't produce it they're yeah. going to go somewhere else are well they? they are i mean this is exactly what they're trying to do right now is to go and secure these kind of uh, um, uh, supply lines um, and assuming actually that demand holds up for these manufacturer goods of which you're talking about in europe and that really is a big if um you know ironically you know as you say that this that we that people have to turn to Russia and China for their materials, which in turn will sort of cement their grip on global markets. Because, you know, when you, when you sort of mothball production of this nature, it's very, very difficult to get started again and sometimes never comes back. 
So, which runs contrary to why we've uh, put sanctions on Russia in the first place? Well, that's, it is, but I mean, not, that's not the only irony here. On Tuesday, we heard um, from Zurich Airport um, that they could be forced by Swiss authorities to, uh, to heat its uh, buildings with oil. Um, due to the price of gas, which is a uh, another record high, in fact, a record high not seen um, since two thousand and eight uh, on uh, on Monday, as I say, um, uh, this in uh, this in sort of economics is called substitution, whereby you're swapping out one expensive product and and, and, uh, and moving into uh, or changing into a cheaper one. Yeah, but nonetheless, both pollute. Both, well, you know, they do, but I mean, they both do. But the point here is that you know people move from uh, oil into gas. One of the reasons mm. being not only because it was cheaper at the time, but of course it was the perception was that it was it was a yes. greener kind yeah, of energy. Sure. But now you know mm. needs must. And uh, which, from a green perspective, would not be great, I guess. No. So uh, are gas and electricity prices also weighing on food production? Well, I mean, completely. The same is true in farming as it is in industry. Two of Poland's largest chemical companies actually this week have stopped making nitrogen fertilisers because of the record gas prices. Yara, which is a huge chemical, chem- uh, chemical company in Norway, um, have uh, announced the same thing actually this morning. And, of course, without fertiliser, I guess the crop yields are going to be impacted, aren't they, let alone the drought we've been having? Yeah, absolutely. So the spiral continues. Goodness me. So returning back to Germany then, from a stock market perspective, I assume it's really struggling with all this going on? Yeah. I mean, the the DAX, which is the major index um, in Germany, is off over 16% year to date. Contrast that with the FTSE, which is uh, up over 1%. So, you know, there's quite a sort of a a big delta there. Um, And currently, you know, it's currently it's the worst performing major western european uh, equity benchmark in uh, so far this month but and given that 45 percent of that dax index is made up of chemical auto and industrial companies that's that's not particularly surprising and just really to top this off graham we had this morning out at seven o'clock german gdp figures um which showed that gdp grew albeit by 0.1 percent now um the thing here is that that the that one percent that point one percent was eked out only by an increase in government spending of two point three percent. In other words, to get point one percent growth in the second quarter, Germany had to increase their debt pile, their overall debt pile, by two point three percent. Now, Germany really is because of all this we've talked today um, on for a uh, a very long hard winter. Indeed, and of course, it's going to impact right across Europe, really, isn't it? You know, because of Germany being such a major economy absolutely a big exporting economy as well yeah well thank you for all this good news <laughs> <laughs> i'll charge you up it's a, i guess as an economist it's a fascinating period to to see what's going to happen but you don't know what the next twist and turn is going to be i guess uh, we, we don't but uh, that uh, that keeps us interested it does well though i guess the next thing in a couple of weeks time we'll know who the new prime minister is and what they might be doing about the uh, the whole power crisis and what, uh, what, do, you, what do you think what, what, do you think, what do you mean? Well, do you in terms of, do you think they're able to? I don't think they're going to be able to do anything about this, are they? I mean, the, 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 these, these are these are uh, structural problems. I mean, really, mm. the, and here's the here's the real, um, uh, you know, here's a, an ending whereby maybe not particularly popular. Whereby you know, the only thing that really gets uh, these prices down is if we stop. Um, um, putting sanctions on places like Russia, for example, because then the supply will continue, will, will come back and prices will be depressed. That's not going to happen anytime soon. No, I, I, even if sanctions were withdrawn, I don't think most companies will want to do business with Russia. No, um, no, that's probably true. Well, on that thought, thank you so much, Lee. Have a good week. Have a good fortnight. We'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. I'm looking forward to it already. That's Lee Humphreys there with our City Update. Mm-hmm.